Hello, and welcome to the Fireside Cast. I'm your host, Travis Kohler, and I'm joined today by... John Lockard. And... David Yu. Okay. So, as usual, I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> what are we doing, David? We're gonna talk about vegetables. All right. That we don't make alcohol from. Those exist? Yes. Like the asparagus. I don't know. We're, we talked about the asparagus before, and I wasn't quite sure why we mentioned the asparagus, but then um, I looked It in. was because um, the agave is close to the asparagus. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, today we're going to talk about the asparagus, because the agave is close to the asparagus. Just the asparagus? I like how... I, uh, what? Just the asparagus or all vegetables? We'll see how far we go. We might talk about other vegetables. But, um, Ooh. yeah, I'm, the, the funny thing is... Apparently the asparagus is, uh, you, is a hangover cure. You guys are learning? I'm like, learning? It, yeah, mm-hmm. you remember that the agave is in the asparagus family? Yeah. yeah. Amongst other things? Yeah. We're, we're learning and adapting. This has been great for my uh, my fun facts knowledge. I can't mm-hmm. I can't wait till we all get together and go to a pub. And then, and then we win. Win their trivia games. Yeah. Did you know one time I was in a trivia? I was, in, I was at pub trivia night at Evan asked the question and it was super stupid and it was how many sides is on a snowflake and we looked at him like he was being stupid and then the like super try hard group of old men next to us were doing practice problems and one of their questions was how many sides are on a snowflake (laughs) (laughs) and i looked at evan and he looked at me and i'm like you were trolling weren't you and he's like yeah i do i was just saying dumb shit i didn't know that was legit that's how Evan gets you. He, he makes he's you think Buddha. he's stupid, and then you find out he's actually just psychic. Um, so, Charles Lamb once said that the asparagus inspired gentle thoughts. And John Adams once told Abigail Adams, pray, how does your asparagus perform? Because when picking a wife, you want to know she can make excellent asparagus. Like that John Adams? Yeah, our, our president John Adams. Hmm. I mm-hmm. thought you were talking about our other president, John Adams. No, well, his, his father. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Just like his so, father before him. He yeah, made so sure his, how is, how, made sure how his Mar- wife could make asparagus correctly. <laughs> yeah, how is, how is Marissa's asparagus? I don't know. She hasn't made, made asparagus for me, but I've made asparagus and it's pretty good. All right. So I'd make and a pretty good wife, co- I think. Yeah. You got to put a little bit of almonds, a little bit of garlic, and then it comes out so so choice. Mm. Mm-hmm. What oil? Do you put any oil? Do you just put oil on it? Olive oil. Olive oil. Yeah, okay. You can experiment. I don't know. I feel like um, sesame oil might be interesting. Well, if you do, you can also do peanut oil, but if you do peanut oil, you can't use the almonds. The, pe- the, peanut, mm. the uh, peanut-y flavor from the peanut oil is a replacement for the almond well, slices. Luckily, I don't I don't really like uh, almonds. So, the main problem when you think about asparagus isn't the way to cook it, it's actually the way to plant it. Um people disagree on how exactly you're supposed to plant it in the sense that every single the first step to planting asparagus is to dig a trench. Um some people say you only need a foot deep trench and some people say you need a 6 inch deep trench. So it, the margin can be literally 100% that of the lowest one. Um, 
Martha Washington, Book of Cookery, tells you that asparagus should asparagus growers should dig ye earth out a yard deep, which is huge. Yes. And uh, fill it fill it up with cow's dung, old cow's dung. It can't be fresh dung. Oh, gotcha. It has to be old dung. Yeah. Because, you know, what else is Martha Washington going to do other than write cookbooks about asparagus? Being well, the be first fair, lady. That if you, how much does she fill it up? Does she fill it up to leave a foot or six inches left? Um, Fill it all, like all of it. It just, it just says fill it. In her cookbook, it just says fill up, fill it up again with old cows done. Hmm. I don't know if she would knew because, you know, the Washingtons were slave owners. So I don't think they actually, like, she went out into the fields and dug a trench. Um... It's also interesting that, you know how, she, this might be her thing. You know how every first lady has an agenda? Hers is, like, agriculture? Hmm. Mm hmm Well, I mean, in that time, America was pretty agrarian. Mm -hmm. True. America's still pretty agrarian. So oh, once yeah. you've dug your asparagus trench, you won't have to do it again for a really long time. Because um, asparagus is uh, perennial. Also, this apparently the plural of asparagus is asparagus. Some learning. And um, once once you plant asparagus, it's going to produce asparagus for 20 to 30 years. So it's it's actually a pretty good investment if you want to just not starve. What kind of climates yeah. does this... Well, I assume Martha's Vineyard and all that fun stuff, so... That's in Virginia. <laughs> um, So asparagus... Speak... Good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked, Travis. Asparagus doesn't give a fuck. It adapts <laughs> cheerfully to, like, uh, soils and climates... Um, NASA actually said that the chili dirt on Mars, um, because that it was it had traces of alkaline magnesium, sodium, potassium, can have asparagus grow in it, as well as turnips. So, to answer your question of what is the climate that you can grow asparagus, it's um, almost anywhere because you can grow it on Mars. Well, huh. the problem with growing it on Mars is Mars doesn't have a magnetic field, so you can't have an atmosphere, so it's pretty much just a wasted time. Yeah, yeah, but if there was the soil, you can use Martian soil to grow it. Um, that'd be some pricey bit, asparagus. I feel a little bit bad about Mark Watney then. If he had asparagus instead of potatoes, he'd have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the Irish? Eh. eh. Think about all the interesting <laughs> dishes, right? You can have like beef and asparagus instead of beef and potatoes. All right. Asparagus That's stew. Just well, the thing is, asparagus doesn't give you as many calories or fill you up as that much is as true. the starchiness of potatoes does. Yeah, and also it doesn't contain as much as many nutrients. It's very true. So you actually don't really want to grow asparagus starting from a seed because that's a long-term commitment. You should rather just use the crown, which is just the base and the root of one or two-year-old plants. Hmm. So you kind of like skip the the early process. Um. The downside of asparagus is once you plant it, you don't get to harvest anything for at least three years because it's growing. No. Yeah, that's how they get you. Yeah, but the trade-off is you can grow it on Mars. So So what you're saying <laughs> is asparagus is pretty much a Ponzi scheme. No, no, no. It's a long-term investment. <laughs> okay. Because I'm trying to sell you on it. So it's a timeshare. Yeah. It's a Ponzi scheme for me, but a long-term investment for you. Got it. Um... <laughs> When you say use the crown, is that sort of the same principles? Like you cut the bottom off, you put it in water, then it starts to grow those uh, roots, yeah. and then you plant that? Yep, much like how you, you like apple thingies. You know what I'm talking about? No. You like take a cut of an apple tr tree, and then you plant that, and you can you basically get the a similar genetic grafting. Oh. 
Oh yeah, we we talk about grafting apple trees like all the time. Yeah, ever yeah. since we mentioned it, it's been like a tradition. <laughs> I gra- <laughs> the, the grafting apple trees just sounds cool, man. So historically, asparagus is a is a pure sex food. Holy shit, David just. That conversation that we just had made it sound like there was a huge jump cut done by John. <laughs> did it not? It <laughs> did. Like... <laughs> like immediately back on topic. <laughs> it was like you could, and it, it was. It was just like even all the like the pronunciation too. It just sounded like you started a brand new converse. It was weird. <laughs> so I promise I sh- you, audience, there wasn't a jump cut there. Uh, mm-hmm. So people have known that the asparagus was an aphrodisiac from date immemorial, huh. which to people who don't know what that means, means time before memory. Oh, um, Jesus Christ, David. <laughs> listen, man, I, I go I to Oracle. I thought to explain what aphrodisiac that, was. That bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and historians... Think. Oh, he's just gonna let it. Go. I don't know. I don't, what's an aphrodisiac? I don't even know. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. What does what does that mean, David? It's a it's 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 a it's a performance enhancing drug. So steroids. Yeah. It's so steroids. So do they have to test for asparagus before like the Olympics and like major major sports? Yeah, games? that's why they make you pee in the cup so if they can smell it, you're donezo. Oh, now it all makes sense. They don't even have to run a test for that one. They're just like. Okay, yeah, no, he doesn't. I like how I like how audience has to distinguish between real facts and fake facts when we do <laughs> our podcast because we give no warning. I mean, you mentioned the asparagus has a crown. Is there an asparagus king? I am or the queen. asparagus king. <laughs> <laughs> they they call me the yellow flash. Oh my god. <laughs> That's wrong on so many levels. Uh, so, people say the asparagus was initially shown as an aphrodisiac because it looks like a penis. has a penile shape. What does that have to do with steroids? And testosterone? I don't know, man. That's steroidic. <laughs> That's not even a word. Um, Are we ever going to tell our audience what an aphrodisiac is? Or is this just going gonna... to... Is this bit just going to go on forever? <laughs> This is an aside. I, I mean, I mean, it, it is literally a food or drink that stimulates sexual desires. So I wasn't wrong when I said it's a performance enhancer. More like a performance starter. Any number greater than zero, John, is larger than zero. It has been enhanced. <laughs> but is the performance itself enhanced or the act True. of beginning the performance? So Pliny the Elder, in his 37th volume of natural history, in the first century CE, uh, wrote that asparagus was a sex booster. So you know what, John? Pliny the Elder agrees with me that it is indeed a performance enhancer. Um, and you know who else agrees with me? The second century Sanskrit sex manual, the Kama Sutra, by Malananga Vatsayayana. Can you do that one more time? No. I, I can't believe I actually did that correct the first time. Hey, Macarena. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the chapter in the Kama Sutra on personal adornment, on subjugating the hearts of others, and on tonic medicines, so so Travis, get out your copy of the of the Kama Sutra. 
It's um, in Pittsburgh. All right. It uh, provides a lengthy list of recipes to bolster luckluster lovers. And among them is a paste made of boiled asparagus in milk, pepper, licorice, honey, and butter. That actually sounds disgusting. I don't think so. Asparagus boiled in milk. And then added pepper, licorice, honey, and butter. That'd be kind of sweet, actually. Yeah. Especially with the natural sugars in the uh, asparagus. Asparagus. Yeah, but like, and the natural sugars in milk. And but, the natural sugars in honey. Mm-hmm. And the natural like, sugars in licorice. I feel like it licorice. would just be a paste of that. I feel like that'd just be really like... I don't think you need Gross. it by yourself. It'd definitely mm-hmm. be like a garnish on some sort of... It's too rich. Like a, yeah. It'd the be like on a savory... And, like butter and milk? Mm-hmm. No, like you, you would you would make a paste out of this and it would, it would probably yeah, be yeah. like mint jelly on lamb. I, I could see this going really well on lamb. I, yeah, you know what? You could put actually, this on like yeah. a piece of bread. It's like a... As, it's like a, Asparagus pairs really well with lamb just in general. That's fair. But mm-hmm. the licorice, though. It's black licorice, right? Because it's natural licorice. None of that sweet shit. Mm. Yeah, black, that isn't black right. licorice like salty? It's like anise and salt? It's anise. Yeah, it just tastes like anise. Yeah, mm. that's not good. Hey, did you... When uh, when Lily brought the, 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 the Dutch licorice, did you not have one? I did, and it was, it was good. Yeah, um, somebody told me that's what semen tastes like. So... Yeah. Huh. And by somebody, I mean, like, I have it on good authority. <laughs> Just going to leave that one there. Excellent. Uh, so in Western Europe, asparagus was among the most touted remedies for low libido renaissance men, along with prunes, garlic, nettle seed in wine and dried fox testicles. One of these is not like the other. Yeah. Would it? Yep. In, yeah, the, in 19th century France, bridegrooms were fed three courses of asparagus in anticipation for their wedding night. And salacious stocks were banned from the menu in girls' schools because it would, they were afraid that it would inflame the imaginations of teenagers. Hmm. Uh, but despite all of this, they're, they're, uh, people have been making asparagus since the ancient Greek and Romans. And um, asparagus have been on the murals in Pompeii. Uh, it's even been recorded that Julius Caesar really enjoyed asparagus when he was traveling through northern Italy. And um, he was super sad because they drenched the asparagus in myrrh instead of olive oil. So it's real popular. And just, it wasn't all- Myrrh. Like frankincense and myrrh? Yeah. What's myrrh? I thought myrrh was like an incense. Yeah. Myrrh, myrrh is a... Myrrh is a okay. Is it more like, like an a, essential a oil side thing? No, yeah, it's like a spice. Hmm. Here, look, see, it's a, instead of using olive oil, they use myrrh. Fair. Yeah. Look, there's a so look at the picture. There's actually just a vial of of myrrh. Did you just call myrrh vial? No, vial. Oh. Yeah. Do you think if they gave Jesus olive oil instead of myrrh, he would have noticed the difference? I mean, he was a babby at the time, so I'm going to go with the exactly. solid mm-hmm. Plus, right. they forgot to bring the asparagus, so. Yeah. It's not like he could have found out at the time. Maybe he would have preferred, maybe, like, olive oil would have been sacred, because he, like, ate some asparagus with money. He's like, this is pretty good, but he never really tried olive oil with asparagus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, like, okay. It's exactly yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah, but it is an oil. Like, that. What? Scroll down. Scroll down to what? Scroll down to the... There's a picture that's labeled an essential oil extracted from... Yes, earth. the essential oil. It's like... It's yeah. like smelly. 
It's you like a resin. Your, it's thick. You, you drench you, it in you, like this smelly stuff. Yeah. It's like drenching it in I don't know sandalwood. I'm gl I'm glad you're having the same reaction Julius Caesar had two thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully <laughs> so. I agree with his thoughts now. Why would you trench asparagus in sandalwood? Like, or rose tips essential oil, you know? There's a mm -hmm. whole bunch of different essential oils that are going to give you the exact same, like, what are you well, doing? Well, I mean, like, I can't, I can't really, like, vouch for the northern Italians, but they might have mixed it with something to make it more liquidy. I don't know. But Julius Caesar didn't like it. He, he didn't like it enough to write down that he didn't like it. Good on you, Julius. So, traditionally, asparagus has been considered... Giles, as I call him. In uh, the Lily family, which is a giant taxonomic conglomerate comprising of 280 genus and 4,000 species. You managed to make me hate the Lily family. Just like the way that you said that, I despise it now. Why? <laughs> it's a giant conglomerate consisting of 250 species. A 80, it's take 80 over genus, 4,000 species. I, I just um, made up a number because I didn't remember it off the top of that's my head. That's fair. I just and, remembered uh, the emotion you elicited from the, how much hatred you poured into the Lily family. So amongst amongst that, um, it's it's cousins with the tulip, the onion, and the crocus, as well as the dragon tree. So if you guys don't know what the dragon tree is, it's actually super cool. It has like bright red resin called dragon's blood, and it's used to make the Stradivari violins as um as a finish. That's what gives it the the real dark. I thought Stradivari violins were Italian. They are, but the resin used from it is used with uh, dragon's blood. You said that the resin was Finnish. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. It's like a screenshot of Travis's smug face. <laughs> it's... Just associate with the podcast. It's this is this is the picture associated with the podcast. It's like you said it was finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now taxonomists suggest that asparagus is in a family all of itself called Asparagaceae, a smaller, cozier group of uh, a couple hundred species, which of course includes the agave. Um, oh yeah, you know a yeah. small little mom and pop family, not like these big giant lily corporations. <laughs> We're just carrying um, this theme through. We need, we need something to friend over here. We need something to break up this lily family. We need like a Franklin Delano Rosebush. <laughs> <laughs> so the romans seem to have liked their asparagus al dante anybody know what that means anybody who, who makes pasta regular john as a man who makes pasta pretty regularly oh man i can't remember right now but once you say it i'm gonna be like ah that was it uh, okay so it's in every you know, cookbook no no, no 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 okay so you know there's that one book uh with with virgil it's called dante's inferno okay so oh, what yeah. it really means is it means um of Dante, and so yeah. it's basically in that book he writes down how he cooks pasta, and then he shares that secret with the devil, and it's <laughs> Satan's pasta when you cook it out, Dante. Oh, right. okay, yeah, that that All makes right, John, sense actually. John, are you ready to be to, to have revelations? It means to the teeth, and it means a pasta cooked that is firm to the bite. So, not really cooked. Uh, that's molto. 
al dente, which means slightly undercooked. So, you know, whenever you, you've been to Olive Garden, right? You know, when you yeah. get the pasta vajol and uh, yeah. you eat those noodles, those are like overcooked noodles because they're in soup and they're like mushy. Oh, okay. yeah. When you're eating just pasta itself, it's firm. Mm-hmm. It should be firm. So it's not like it's just like you don't just bite right through it as you cook. You get a little bit of the texture behind it. Gotcha. For those of us in, in the audience that, like me, don't <laughs> pronounce Italian words pr- correctly, Travis is talking about the pasta fagioli. <laughs> that joke always gets made whenever we go to Olive Garden. <laughs> pasta Thanks. fagioli? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike Verbiglia. I mean, I always get the, the shoot, what's it called? The white, the white soup. The really creamy one. The, the chicken and gnocchi? Yeah, I get the chicken gnocchi every time. <laughs> I get the chicken and jizz? <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently tastes like licorice. <laughs> I get the chicken and licorice soup. <laughs> I still, oh, man. I still, I'm still caught on that whole. I have it on good authority that this person knows what it's like. <laughs> like, like he's the pawn pawn stars of this this knowledge. Like, I, I don't know I about this, but I got a I got a buddy who knows all about the taste of semen. Let me call him up for you. <laughs> He actually has a, a master's degree in in semen tasting. It's like a wine tasting, actually. Have you ever been to a do you, wine do you tasting? Think, do you think I can find someone in the Bay Area with a degree in semenology? Absolutely. That's that one guy who you saw by your work. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely so, enough cards in the Bay Area. So to because find because it's called uh, asparagus al dente, the term quicker than it takes to cook asparagus has been a catchphrase since the time of Emperor Augustus, which is the guy after Caesar. So you know how we say like... It's been a really shitty catchphrase. Yeah, I was going to say, this really didn't catch on. It's it's in Latin though, right? So I don't know what that means in Latin. Like how you say that in Latin, quicker than it takes to cook asparagus. Yeah, that makes sense. I hear all the Latin. Oh, we say shit like lickety split or like in a jiffy. That's just as dumb. Well, to be fair, I haven't met a lot of native Latin speakers, so... When I come across them, they might say this like quicker than it takes to cook asparagus. Yeah, Paul speaks Latin. Go ask him. He took like four years. Yeah, but he's not a native Latin speaker. You know, a lot he of doesn't have to. Be. Just ask over. him to translate it for you. Anyway, the first century Apicius, which is the oldest known cookbook, has a, a recipe that tells asparagus spears should be peeled, washed, and immersed in boiling water backwards. So, butt first, not tip first. Just the tip. No, not the tip. Just the base, not the tip. Just the base. <laughs> By which the uh, author means cooked in a tall, narrow pot such that the spears stand upright with their tips poking out of the water. See, the tip doesn't even go in the water. Just the tip. Everywhere. He doesn't specify how long one boils. Probably not very long because uh, using the experience in a subsequent recipe, which involves mushing it up, baking it in a pie with pepper, wine, oil, fish sauce, and fig peckers. That actually sounds pretty good. What peckers? Fig peckers. It's a type of warbler. It's a type of European, like, finch. Gotcha. Tiny bird. We should do an episode about the French who drown their, um, their, this, like, warbler in liqueur and then bake it entirely into a pie and then eat it whole. Huh. They, ba- they waterboard a bird with, um, with brandy, basically. So that, so, and then, un- <laughs> I, like, take the cloth off their head so then the brandy gets in their lungs and then they, like, bake it. So you should have led with that. That was a really interesting tagline, like waterboarding a bird with liquor. 
That re- that really gets an interesting image in there. In your that head. that is an invocative, yeah. And then you you eat it in one bite because it's a really small bird, so you eat it like intestines, brain, everything, all in all. But it's all drenched in like brandy, so I don't know. It's too rich for my blood. What would the also, label think... for that say? Like bite-sized, waterboarded bird of liquor. <laughs> but it would say it in French, so everyone would buy that shit up. Oh yeah. It. Oh, have you seen have you seen that video of the two penguins that just go at it? Yeah, that's been oh, everywhere. God. Yeah, see, if you guys want to look that at... That penguin's metal is all get out. I tweet, tweet this out, so for our listeners who want to know what I'm talking about, there's their ortolan bunting. And um, this these are the birds that that get eaten, just whole. So how oh. these birds get eaten is that they're, they're captured during their migratory flight to Africa. And um, they're kept in cages so that it's artificially nighttime, so they still think that they have to eat a lot. So they so they eat and eat in the dark until they double their bulk, and then they stab the eyes. Or sometimes they would just stab the bird's eyes out to make to make them think that it was nighttime to make them eat even more. And then you um throw them into a container of armagnac, that drowns and marinates the bird. And then you roast it for eight minutes, pluck it. Uh, you put a blanket on their head. You cover their head with a napkin, and then you eat it whole. I'm sorry, I'm in a wind tunnel right now. So, cool. I'm so, trying and they to believe that everything you just told me, and they believe that the towel um, hides the consumers from spitting out the bones. Although there's like a, a mystical sense where your the towel hides what you're about to do from God's eyes because what you're doing is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of gross. You're just no eating one, a... <laughs> no one does it quite like the French, including sacrilege. <laughs> 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 so and then some people claim that the 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 napkin is to basically retain the maximum amount of aroma and flavor as they eat the bird you can still get this now if you want like anthony bourdain had it in 2010 oh yeah it only costs about four thousand dollars per bird good yep I mean, stabbing a bird's eyes out to make it think it's nighttime so that it can eat to twice its body weight and then, you know, drowning it in Armagnac. Probably not not the most humane thing. Nah. Is that $4,000 to, like, pay off PETA so they don't come crashing down? <laughs> and then eating, eating it. I just have a take issue with eating the organs of an animal that it hasn't been properly prepared. That's fair. Because oh, I feel be like, like the liver and onions, like... Yeah, but also like lungs and heart. And all the poop that's in the intestines. Yeah, and the intestines. Then again, I'm I guess you could assume the bird defecates when it drowns. What a waste of li- Do you know how much liquor you need to drown a bird? I I can honestly say no. But I mean, after after once it's a problem, it just the bird gets away from its family. It it it's wife and kid. It really takes a toll on its wife and kids. So Fair. you can't you can't just say you're drowning one bird. The whole family. Travis, Travis, Travis just. Travis sucks. is done. No, he's he's what? out of here. Why did Travis leave? He's had enough. He's gonna go. <laughs> Why? What? Why did Travis leave? I see he's got a roll of duct tape. So I'm assuming he's taping his windows shut so he can start drowning that bird. No, fuck you, Campy. Is bird campy? Oh my god, are you gonna drown your roommate in Armagnac? 
We're just gonna say yes. This is like whenever you cut out. See, Travis can't hear us now. Yeah. So now we can say whatever. Well then. Sorry, my window was rattling and it was getting on my nerves. So I had to fix it so hard. That's fair. Okay. <clears throat> we just thought you were gonna so, like, tape your window shut and start drowning a bird in liquor. Oh, yeah. I I did do both of those things while I was <laughs> so, gone. We so, so other so other than being a vegetable Viagra, asparagus was touted as um basically a cure all from things such as kidney stones to heart failure. Um, this is unsubstantiated. If you have kidney stones and or a history in your family of heart failure, do not eat asparagus and think you're good. According to Pliny the Elder, asparagus sharpened the eyesight and alleviated elephantiasis. What the fuck? Elephantiasis. Elephantitis? Tiasis. Elephantiasis. Yep. It also is preventative is. for pains in the chest and spine. It was a remedy for diseases in the intestines, a cure for jaundice. It was a cure for po uh, snake bites. And if you rubbed asparagus beaten up in oil, you would never get stung by bees. Well, the jaundice one isn't entirely incorrect. But all because... the other ones are. Oh, yeah. Because uh, asparagus does, like, increase your liver functionality. Oh, today I learned. Yeah, so it's actually, like, it's actually a hangover cure. So if you get really shwasty one night, make sure you eat asparagus before you go to bed. I, I graduated from college. My days of drinking is over. Are That's over. what I thought, too. And then, well... <laughs> Life. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Plenty the Elder was just, like, hardcore invested in asparagus, and he was trying to get everyone to buy it. I'm pretty sure Plenty the Elder just walked around and spouted nonsense and tried to see how many people believed him. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Plenty the Elder just straight up spoke bullshit constantly. Oh, man. So, according to a he study by Korea's, by Korea's Cheju National University School of Medicine... I'm not Korean, indicates that it may ease the miseries of hangovers. So Travis is indeed correct. Uh, asparagus extracts were found to increase the activity of crucial enzymes in the liver and expedite the metabolism of, al of alcohol, suggesting that a hefty meal of asparagus should precede a binge at the neighborhood bar. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, I'd like to thank my family. A lot of my, my teachers have helped me along the way. <laughs> Uh, I've done some extensive Google searching, um, trying to recover from long nights of studying. Uh. <laughs> so um, after the fall of the Roman Empire, asparagus kind of disappeared from Europe for a while, although it still remained a favorite in the Middle East. A uh, 10th century book called the Muraj al Dahab. Da Whoa. Muraj el Dahab, which it translates to Medals of Gold, includes a lust description of a literary symposium on cooking held at the court of Abbasid Caliph el Mustafi. I think he's just wow. making up letters and phrases and acting like it's a word. Probably. There, in which it's poets like struggle to know. outdo each other. Yeah, you know with what's mouth weird? Yes. None of this could be true. I can't you know, you know, you know how like true. halfway you know how like really early in this where like our audience doesn't know what's true or not because like that uh peeing in a cup joke with yeah. the Olympics like yeah uh, David could just this whole episode could just be shit that David thought would be funny to tell us <laughs> this whole <laughs> this whole podcast could be that <laughs> <laughs> and so, Mav was the uh, only true episode. Yeah, David got so angry that we didn't release his mob episode that he's just been lying to us for 18 episodes since. 
So um, there was a competition held at the court of this of this caliph that had poets describe mouth-watering dishes of asparagus, and whoever described the most tasty is the best poet. Which I Did think is a, is, make, a, is a competition I would watch. the asparagus as well? Or was it no. just like... No, 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 they just described the dish. Kind of like Shokugeki no Soma, but you don't have to cook anything. Aha. Uh-huh. Shokugeki no Soma? Uh-huh. Does John know what I'm talking about? Oh, I wish Paul was here. He he knows what this is. Um, I'm just so, thinking. I'm just wondering what the life of an asparagus critic would be like. The offering of a Baghdadi poet named Kusharim. You're just not gonna tell us what that is. What 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 is? Shokugeki no Kura. Oh, it's a cooking anime. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Where people people are in school and they like, they just cook. And then if you you can challenge another kid to like a cook off, and if you lose, you get expelled from the school. Oh man, I've, it's like I mean, Gordon Ramsay's like wet dream of cookery. I've read a few a few uh, books of Kitchen Princess. That was nice. pretty cool. So he wrote a twenty two line poem about asparagus and sauce. I compared it to gold, silver, and pearl rings with cream embroidery and ends with, should pious anchorite see such repast in sheer devotion, he should break his fast. Um, And then the caliph then, after this competition, sent a runner to Damascus from Baghdad for Asperias. I mean, let's just Google Maps that real quick. Damascus to Baghdad? Yes. We're already on a bunch of watch lists. Damascus to Baghdad is uh <laughs> is the name of my new is the name of my new indie band. You have to have asparagus in there somewhere. It's probably as a subtitle. It's uh eight hundred and thirty six kilometers. Yes it is. <laughs> How long would that take to walk? Let's see. 167 assume, hours. I I assume John they had horses. You didn't have to walk from Damascus to <laughs> You said Baghdad. he sent a runner, not a horse rider. Oh. Fine, I'll take I'll switch it to bicycle. That's close to a horse. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's closer to a horse than an airplane. How, how long does it take to fly from Damascus to Baghdad? Like 3 hours? Uh, one and a half. Oh. I'm assuming the horse didn't go that fast. <laughs> Could be wrong. But you also have to account for time on the tarmac. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. The horse might have caught up then. Yeah. For uh... Taxiing takes forever. That's the worst part of flying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I guess, I guess a good description would be for our listeners. If you zoom in to, you know, the peninsula where Saudi Arabia is between Africa and... The rest, uh, yeah, the middle. Or East. you can just tell them it's about the same distance of like traveling across the state of Oklahoma. Is it? Is it really? I, I'm pretty sure. If you go through the Panhandle, yeah. Yeah, or I guess Kansas. Yeah. You just drive across Kansas. Drive same across time. Kansas for some asparagus. My only yeah. experience with Oklahoma is I was in Oklahoma. The musical or the state? This musical. Gotcha. Uh, so when um, the Arabs invaded Spain, 
I thought you were going to say when the Arabs invaded Oklahoma. I was ready no. for that statement, and I was like, it's, what it's, the hell is going on, man? You know, if you lived in Oklahoma, Donald Trump would try to tell you that the Arabs are trying to invade Oklahoma. Well, you know, that's why the state's going red. Mm. So, uh, yeah, when the Arabs invaded Holy Spain... Holy shit, brought... this episode will come out after the season finale of America. Oh, shit. I want to do with my life. I'm going to be so much less entertained. You won't have to worry about it, because we won't be alive for much longer. <laughs> You know, you know, whoever wins, there'll be a shit. I, I bet there's going to be riots in the street. You, you oh, know yeah. what maintains oh, yeah. the American way of life? It's the trust in the American dollar that it holds value, right? Mm -hmm. And the American dollar holds value because other countries believe that America has value and they trust in it. Mm -hmm. I, do you wonder, like, here's the thing. There isn't anything coming up, like, coming up that uh, is going to make the world lose trust in America, right? Absolutely well, not. Especially since one of the guys really wants to default on the debt, which I don't know if you know much about finance, is like a big red flag, and we shouldn't trust this guy anymore because he just defaulted. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Well, for him to default on the debt, Congress has to approve. Congress is the purse. That's true. So he can't do it himself. But he'll push for it. Yeah. And the stocks will go down. Big sad. Um, reported so in in Spain, it's actually a really popular dish that can be traced to a single person. Defaulting um, on loans is a popular dish in Spain. I'm so no, no, confused. No. no, asparagus is a popular dish in Spain since the invasion of the Arabs, and it's been traced back to one dude called the Blackbird. You're right. You just the, the, okay. So that statement is like <clears throat> apples is a is a is a dish that can be traced back to one person. Like. There is more than one way to prepare an apple. I also There's more than one way right. to prepare asparagus. I also right, legitimately right. got confused when we, when you were like, oh yeah, the Arabs invaded Spain. I was like, oh right, they didn't actually invade Oklahoma. That's right, it was Spain. No, so, it's it's like David with his like his accidental jump cuts today. Like yeah, like, none David, of this like none of these non sequiturs you're hearing, audience, is us. It's just David being done with us not talking about asparagus and instantly getting back on topic. Uh, so it's been traced back to women who introduced asparagus to Spain, a musician in the ninth century in the court of Cordoba, which is also a really tasty Mexican restaurant, whose uh, charisma and creativity allowed him to establish himself as the arbiter of culture and home decor. He had an 18 in charisma. Yeah, he was the Martha Stewart of, of Spain. Cordoba is also what uh, my friend Lizzie named her, um, oh, I forget what class she is, but she's an elf. Elf druid. That's what she named her elf druid. Dope. Cordoba. Yo, are we going to play that Game of Thrones RPG? We should. The tabletop. It's on Humble. Oh. I, I quite like the, the Song of Ice and Fire setting. We should play that. All right. We'll we'll talk more of this after this is over. Sounds good. Um, he he also introduced the use of tablecloth, toothpaste, the loot, and totally wine glasses. I was gonna say tabletop games. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he introduced having bangs to Spain. So the weird thing to me is like they didn't. This man introduced the loot and the toothpaste to Spain. That's super weird to me because I feel like they should have those two things already. And uh, the custom of having a multi-course meal start with soup and end with dessert. You can thank the Arabs for that. Thank you, Arabs. So, the fun story about asparagus. Does anybody know who the Madame de Pompadour is? Yep. Mm -mm. 
It the, well, the we'll, mistress... we'll, we'll give the audience a second to guess. Okay. This is a pretty obvious one. Like, I knew this before I read this book, but... Uh... Okay, you can go. Okay, it's the she is the mistress of King Louis the Fifteenth. Okay, and, and uh, she's very in famous in in France. I've this is a different story now. We've we're done with Spain. You really need David. to give us some more solid transitions. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, if this was the if this was like a filmed if 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 all our words were accompanied by film, everyone would be so confused. Yeah, it's 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 like have you if you you've seen like a, a Philip DeFranco vlog like Sexy Phil, right? Yeah. You're him right now. You're like all of his jump cuts. Nice. <laughs> that one really shitty KFC commercial. <laughs> so, um the the pompadour hairstyle is actually named after her and her boobs are actually what these champagne glasses are made out of or not made out. Of. <laughs> Holy shit. No, shaved after. <laughs> Shaved after. She had really awkwardly long and, and narrow. No, no, those are the flutes. The champagne glass is different. All right. I'm gonna wait, wait for Travis to, to Google. All I'm seeing are flutes. I see. Okay. The, I see the glass. Excellent. Oh, I, it's it's uh, the margarita glass printer or not margarita martini glass is what. It yes, looks it's like. similar, similar. Yes. Yeah. But it's um, there's a very like distinct nipple shape. Where I it do meets... see the distinction. She has very pointy nipples. Then, I very long. Yes, and they they flare out at the end. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, why she's relevant is she's actually famous for introducing asparagus to the French court. Her recipe is um, boil asparagus and then slice them diagonally into pieces that are no longer than the little finger. Um, take the most tender sections and keep them hot, and then um. Drain them with a warm napkin while the sauce is being prepared. Uh, it... Oh, so these are French cut asparagus. Yes. This is, she is the origin of the French cut asparagus. I didn't know French cut asparagus was actually like a thing. Thank you, Travis. You're welcome. All right. So you then serve it with two eggs diluted with four spoonfuls of lemon juice and a pinch of nutmeg and a lump of butter. You can also serve this in a casserole. Sounds pretty decent. So should anyone want to go try this? Um, there's actually a... During King Louis XV's 72-year reign, in the Palace of Versailles, and the accompanied Potager du Roi, which is the king's kitchen garden, um, the 25-acre garden, surrounded by a courtyard with a fountain, was overlooked by a terrace from which the king, who was fond of the plants, would watch his gardeners in action. Um, the, so... The man liked asparagus so much, he just had a 25-acre garden that made asparagus for him. Um, the mistress, of course, who I've just mentioned, uh, maintained a summer house, which the king would also periodically go to look at his uh, asparagus gardens in the summer house, which uh, sometimes he would say he was going hunting, but he was actually going to go see, look at his asparagus. It's kind of weird. Oh, he was just embarrassed. We're getting into euphemism territory here. You're right. Going to see my asper going to see my asparagus fields in the summer house with my mistress doesn't sound like you're going to see asparagus. Someone's gonna see some asparagus. Hey! hey. <laughs> uh, I can't believe it so took us this long. <laughs> Thirty minutes in, first penis joke. Forty-five. Thank you. Yeah, but the first, like, there's a lot of non, 
a lot of this is going to be cut. Yeah. Yeah. So from France, the asparagus reached England by the 16th century and was cultivated in the started cultivated being cultivated in the 17th century. Um, and it was cur- uh, primarily grown in the village of Battersea and sold in London markets as Battersea bundles. bundles. Uh, there's like a lot of recorded incidences. I'm going to skip past this. I don't know if you care about people saying how tasty they find asparagus 400 years ago. No, I just, I, I guess I missed that bundle, that humble bundle. All right. Um, they also liked eating it with pickled oysters and pigeon pie, which is gross. British food, please. One time. Um, there's mention of asparagus in Jane Austen's Emma, where the chattery... I don't know if anybody have, have read this book. No? I have not. Mm-mm. Okay, I feel like that's a travesty book to read. That would be a Travis book, but I just haven't gotten around to it. All right. Um, there's a disappointing encounter with a f- uh, fricasse of sweetbreads and asparagus. Hmm. I don't know what fricasse is, but it's sweetbread is probably sweet. Probably. <laughs> yes, the sweetbread <laughs> is sweet. Uh, so, despite being everywhere, nobody actually knows where the asparagus came from. Um, historians think that the first asparagus appeared in the eastern Mediterranean region or Asia Minor. That's the Middle East. And, what? um, what? but however, Why they found you, wild asparagus. Because um, I don't, most people don't know what Asia Minor means. It's like Asia, but like a half step down. It's it's Asia before he turned eighteen. The uh the third, the sixth, and the seventh of Asia are flat. That's Asia Minor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh wild asparagus was found along the the coastlines of Europe, so they're not quite sure where it started from. I'm sure if you're European you're like we 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 started asparagus. Fair enough. Wait a minute. Was um, it was it Asia Harmonic Minor? No melodic. Okay. You drop it back down. Gotcha, gotcha. On the way, on the way down. Um, the wild asparagus, uh, stocked by American forager Yul Gibbons, is still up for grabs. Um, nobody is quite sure how it came to America. It is not native to North America. The wild plants are domestic runaways, as in people planted it in America and then somehow they became their own species and became wild. Sorry about that. I caught the house next to me on fire. Nice. Apparently, <laughs> or you're you're like the police are coming to arrest you for draining that bird in liquor. What I do in my own house is my own business. Not in this country, it's not. <laughs> you're right. I have a webcam on. The NSA saw it. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he works for Google now. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. He and I are gonna go hang out next week. Nice. Yeah. That makes but, sense. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, too, they're like he and Body are here, but they're like real adults. So I'm not like enthused to hang out with them. What do you mean they're <laughs> real adults? Mark's a real adult. Bonnie's still they're cool. real. They're, yeah, but they're like actual mature people. They're not making dick jokes about licorice. I mean, I'm pretty sure Mark's been an adult since like third grade. <laughs> <laughs> he just struck me as that kind of guy. So Thomas Hancock, uncle of John Hancock, uh, wrote a very memorable letter um, <laughs> to his seed dealer. And penis. To the, to the, to, <laughs> and asparagus. To the, he, he wrote to his seed dealer to play, pay tribute to how strong the asparagus is. Because once again, 
growing on Mars. He was pretty pissed because apparently he was overcharged for asparagus seeds. Um, and he was very angry about that. Dude, who gives a fuck? If you're overcharged for asparagus seeds, I would be furious. Yeah, they charged him six pounds for sterling, and he's like, it wasn't even worth a farthing. I don't know what any of those words mean. I mean, it was probably all stems. What's a farthing? Mm -hmm. Six pounds is six dollars, and then it's like 42 cents. Uh, What's a farthing? I would say it's a little more expensive than a closeling. I hate you so much. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't do the pounds of what joke because you said sterling. Yeah. <laughs> you got us there, so we got you back. <laughs> we got you on the farthing <laughs> joke. So uh, the most popular cultivars in America is the Jersey Giant, the Jersey Knight, and the Jersey Prince. You guys want to know where all of these asparagus came from? California. Ver- Vermont. Oh, shit, no. Uh, New Jersey. I'm, you guys tried, but <laughs> to no avail. Honestly, I was expecting the trick. I mean, a Jersey cow from Jersey? Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, there's like, there's, all three all three species have Jersey in the name. And I'm like, what state is there from? That's California. why I didn't trust it. It was way <laughs> too on the nose to have Jersey in the name and be from Jersey. All right, so male asparagus are usually what's eaten. Um, They're bigger and tastier and produce three to four times more than female asparagus. I mean, that's like the only recorded instance of the male being tastier. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. If we Testos- ever do an epi- uh, it, testosterone oh, oh. makes meat taste horrible. Yeah, but this is a plant. There's no testosterone. You don't know that. I... Do you have that written down? Do you have your notes written down? You don't know that. You can look it up. <laughs> you said it was you a steroid. Know. Yeah. You said it was a PED. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is interesting, though. Yeah, it's a gender-specific plant. So the male, the males... Or what's eaten? Did you just assume the asparagus is gender? No, I'm just telling you that the male ones taste better. (laughs) This one's easy. He's standing, obviously. Also, if also if you identify as a male, you won't taste better because you're just genetically not male. Throwing it down. Do these Uh, do these asparagus make one dollar for every seventy-seven cents of the female asparagus? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, so a colonial America, like asparagus is just so popular. Colonial America, um, like loved asparagus. So a Virginia plantation owner, William Burr II wrote in his diary, he ate nothing all day other than squirrel and asparagus. And another person wrote, he felt very heavy and sleepy after eating only asparagus. And he blames that on his, uh, on his sleepiness. George Washington Grew asparagus in his garden on Mount Vernon. Thomas Jefferson also grew. Thomas Jefferson, in quotes, grew uh, asparagus on his 1,000-foot kitchen garden. And by grew, I mean his slaves did it. Can you just assume that Washington grew his own asparagus? Yeah. Because when uh, when Washington, like... Well, first, he had slaves, but not as much as Jefferson. But second, when Washington stepped down for the presidency, he said he was going to go be a farmer. Just like Rick so, Grimes. Who's Rick Grimes? Walking Dead. Uh, the, did the, you know se- wa- the season I stopped caring was Rick the Farmer. 
Did you know, like, <laughs> did you know, like, Washington's one of the few, if not the only world, like, world leader in history that voluntarily stepped down from power to go be a farmer? Just like Rick Grimes. Yeah. You, like, any other, any other world leader after leading a revolution becomes, like, dictator of that nation. Just like Rick Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Thanks for that, John. You're welcome. So, uh Jefferson was kind of a foodie and he hated it when he wasn't uh when his um asparagus weren't prepared to his specifications. Did he you have a blog? He Yeah. Okay. D- did you know Jefferson is actually actually the first foodie president? Like he went to France and came back and expected all the food to be good. Um so in his uh instructions you have to tie the asparagus in bundles of 25 no more no less you have to scrape the stalk so you get all of those like uh stems off and you you have to toss in a handful of salt and with great care uh you must watch the exact time in which they become tender and you must take them at the instant or you will have destroyed their true flavor and color so you if you boil for more than a minute than you're supposed to, you've destroyed the plant. And then you serve the asparagus on buttered toast. Alright. Everything else, everything before the buttered toast I was I was down for, but I feel like he just like destroyed all credibility when he was like, Yeah, you gotta serve it on buttered toast. <laughs> who, listen, who are you to correct Thomas Jefferson? The founding fathers are infallible. Have you have you not listened to the Trump supporters? Do you hate the Constitution? Are you un American? <laughs> Yeah, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) So I I um, actually have been reading over Jefferson's blog, and he does have some interesting things to say about uh, his take on the Constitution. Does he blog on Tumblr or Blogspot? It's WordPress. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So commercial asparagus is actually super expensive since the stalks appear over a period of weeks, and it takes three years to just plant them. And you you keep saying stalks, and I keep thinking Wall Street, and I'm like, man, there's asparagus stock. I saw that too. I was like, is this what Plenty the Elder had? And that's why he was telling everyone asparagus was amazing. You got to short sell it. You got to short sell it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so asparagus has been nicknamed the royal vegetable or the food of kings because it's so expensive. Um, they, The author of a cookbook in 1825 was appalled to find that asparagus was selling for 40 francs a bundle. Where, To give you a perspective, the average person worked that worked earned two and a half francs a day. So like that's literally half a month of pay for, for a bundle of asparagus. Yeah. But yeah. once you get one bundle, you can turn that around, man. You yeah. just got to give me a month and a half of your pay. Right? Okay. All right. And then with that, you can be on your own. You can be selling it. You can be making money in no time. Like, like, look, you said asparagus grows everywhere. That's true. And a bundle it, is forty francs. See, once in three years' time, you'll be able, to, you'll be able to be turning this this amount of money that I'm turning right now. So here, just give me, give me, give me your forty francs right now, and I promise you, this investment will pay off. All right. All right. My father I'm told down. me to invest in asparagus, and it's the most <laughs> sound investment I've ever made. And I'm here Let to talk tell to you, you today. Not only is asparagus an aphrodisiac and a moneymaker, your wife would just love it as a present. So in the 1930s, it's been recorded that people 
who uh wanted who won f who there was a man who won five pounds at her, at the races and decided to bring it uh spend that money for a present for his wife and he brought home a bundle of asparagus. He won five pounds of asparagus. He won five pounds at the races. Not pounds of, of what? So, being unaware of how expensive asparagus is, uh, Mr. Ramsbottom, who is this man's name, fed the green tips to the rabbits. He comes home with a handful of the wooden ends, and his mistake and his wife mistakes it for kindling, and pronounces too damp to light the kitchen fire. Um, little did they know they were very, uh, very salty when they learned that uh, they just fed the good bits to the rabbits and burnt the rest. <laughs> Well, there goes his five pounds of asparagus. Yeah, man. In seventy fifty seven, like the French, literally planned aspar private asparagus feasts that was uh reserved for the aristocracy. Really, this is probably why the French Revolution happened. Private <laughs> asparagus feasts. An asparagus fueled war. He uh he actually ordered his kitchen staff to prepare half of his treasured asparagus. With white sauce, although he preferred it in oil dressing. What is in white sauce like? A, is that a clam-based sauce, or is it like the cheese Alfredo? Does it taste uh, like it's licorice? like Alfredo? Yeah, it's Did one the of the most like it, licorice. It's one of the mother sauces of French cooking. It's made with roux and milk. Roux. Yeah, R O U X. Oh, okay. It's like a flour-based like mixture that you add in to give texture and flavor to your food gotcha so an emulsifier mm -hmm. yeah kind of but like you would just use egg if you wanted to emulsify something that's cheaper yeah that's fair yeah but this is a private asparagus party you're not gonna <laughs> skimp out on the emulsifier no that's true if i want to impress all my friends with my my wealth of asparagus um so did you guys know that if you eat asparagus your pee would smell weird yeah, we 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 went over that with the whole steroid testing thing. Yeah, yeah so about that like for the past fifty minutes. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> did you know? Did you know the French aristocracy also knew this? Cause um, but it was different because Marcel Proust. I don't know if Travis knows him. He's a pretty famous writer. Proust? No? Yes? He wrote, uh, "Asparagus transforms my chamber pot into a vase of aromatic perfume." So they they like the smell of 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 what your pee is after asparagus. Did you know that everyone's pee smells like that? The recessive gene is whether you can smell it or not. Hmm. I did know that actually. Um, I thought, on it, on... I thought that that side note was going to be a lot more in weird and interesting. Like, so the French also knew that pee smelled <laughs> when you eat asparagus. <laughs> your pee smelled funny, so they just started peeing all over each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, just it's walk out into the street, and if someone has like really bad body odor, you just pee all over you're them right with your asparagus. Doctor Louis Lemery wrote in his treatise of all sorts of foods in 1702, says that asparagus causes a filthy and disagreeable smell in the urine, and a few stems of asparagus shall give our urine a disagreeable odor, and a pill of turpentine no bigger than a pea shall bestow on it the pleasing smell of violets. Wrote Benjamin Franklin in a little-known piece of. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. 
Benjamin Franklin wrote on his treatise of asparagus and other foods, he named it Fart Proudly and sent it in to the British Royal Society in 1781. Benjamin Franklin just... He did not give a shit. <laughs> he wrote he wrote a paper on your on pee smelling like shit after you eat asparagus and named it fart proudly and then sent it into the Royal Society. I <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're free colony. <laughs> Suck it. Yo, Travis, have you do you wanna try this? On your next paper, just title it like I don't know, defecate with joy. And <laughs> Send it in, see what you get. All right, it'll get it'll get passed. No one actually reads it when they peer review it. Wait, you know, that doesn't that doesn't that ruin the point of peer reviewing? Yes, you know something like eighty percent of all academic papers are only read by those who peer review it and the author itself. Hmm. Then what is the point? Of, what we're like millions of dollars are being given to you guys to do this. Or you're just creating content for the annals of human history so that in case one guy in the future needs it, they'll just, like, search back. That's the entire point, right? They're investing in the case of it ever being useful. Yep. Yep. All right. You also you also have to put out a certain number of papers a year or else, like, based on your institution. So a lot of it's just garbage that's forced out of you. So um, a common comparison between the odor of cabbage and the odor of uh, asparagus is made. Um, and the studies are kind of complicated because not everyone can, like, not everybody produces the asparagus odor and not everyone can smell it. So experiments determine which is, which involves analyzing urine samples by gas chromatography. Or, you know, they've also done studies where they persuaded volunteers to sniff pots of pee. Um, the culprit in asparagus is the asparagasic acid in which the human digestive tract is converted to a handful of noxious sulfur-heavy compounds. Among them, the heavy, pungent methanethiol. Wait, that's an alcohol. So you can make alcohol out of this. That's what make the alcohol is what makes your pee smells weird. I don't really see people people Ooh. taking shots of asparagus. But you can. Asparagine was also the first amino acid to be isolated, um, by French chemists Louis Nicolas Valkelin and Pierre Jean Robiquet. I actually have extrap- a giant container of that on top of my microwave outside. You do it's amino not. acid, asparagus amino acid. There's no. Do you actually? Yeah, I get it. I get those sick gains. Yeah. <laughs> it's a BCAA, of course. Yeah. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to know what the proper French etiquette of eating asparagus is? Face first into the plate. French etiquette. Did I stutter? <laughs> oh baby. You eat All it right. from the bottom Although... up, just like cooking. So when you when you, you can eat asparagus with your fingers. Um, don't take a long drooping stalk, hold it up in the air, and catch the end of it in your mouth like a fish. What you're supposed to do is, when the stalks are thin, cut them in half with the fork and eat the tips like all fork food. The ends may then be taken in the fingers and eaten without a dropping fountain effect. Don't squeeze the stalks or hold your hand below the end and let the juice run down your arm. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Now you won't look like a barbarian at the table with your in-laws. At our fancy, exclusive French asparagus parties. Yeah. With white sauce. You should suggest having one. Uh, American asparagus is always green, but some European asparagus is white. Um, and they're white because they bury the green asparagus. It gives a, it gives a more buttery, smooth taste if you bury it. 
because the, this um, is institutionalized the, racism because the dirt shields the growing plant from exposure to the sun so you know back when i did the easter episode i said germans are like adorable in the way they celebrate stuff i don't remember those words exactly i don't but, recall that but, but the, I, yeah sure I'll but the it, idea yeah. was all right, all right so the germans are so passionate about asparagus that during the asparagus season sparkles it sparkles it yeah b s p a r g e l z e i t they have a word for sparkles it whatever man sparkles it uh visitors annually convert on the asparagus triangle in baden-württemberg or the town of schwenzen s c h w e t ziggen someone help me out here yeah sure it style itself as the asparagus capital of the world. Is this also where all those planes are lost? When they fly we over the do, asparagus triangle, they, figured, they just never They figured come back. that out. No, they just smell weird afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, the point of smart Spargles Night is, of course, to eat as much asparagus as possible at every meal. Um, and throughout the area... Um, during the asparagus celebrations, uh, they choose the asparagus queens, which is a asparagus peeling contest with women, uh, an asparagus cycling trail, and a three-story tall asparagus museum in a 15th-century tower in Friedenbayern. Is the tower so decorated gonna... like a, a, an asparagus? Uh, no, it is actually a museum of for asparagus. You guys actually want to go at some point if we go to Germany? The Asparagus Festival and Sparkles Night? I mean, we have a whole bunch of things. I'm going to put it at the end of the list, but sure. Yeah. All right. Like, like, Olympics. Olympics. There's another thing we have to go. Holy we have, moly. we have to do a whole bunch of pie eating things. Yo, yeah. yo, yo egg, this is like. competition. Yeah, this is legit. Look at this. Look at the Asparagus Queen. That's... I mean, it's like Oktoberfest, yeah. Yeah, like look at the various various winners of of the asparagus queen. White asparagus is especially phallic looking. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Especially since it's just Yeah, no, there's there I It's, it's much more easy. phallic looking than green yeah. asparagus. Oh yeah. I like how we it's it's almost been an hour before we've made this comment on. No, we made it at like 45 minutes. You know, we yeah, we made it early then we made it again like Three quarters mm -hmm. of the way through, but now this. But I haven't. I have not looked at white asparagus before because I didn't know that it was a was a thing. But yeah, you know, this is just this is just a dick. So the challenger to to the Germans in Bayern are the Peruvians. The Peruvians claim they're the true asparagus capital of the world. Um. The recent Peruvian asparagus boom is an example of the law of unintended consequences, which is a brother of Murphy's law. Anybody want to tell the audience what Murphy's Law is? If anything can go wrong, it will. Yep. And uh, which states that intervention in a complex system often leads to unanticipated and sometimes disastrous results. So in this case, uh, the intervention of the U.S. government's war on drugs and the and the uh, unanticipated consequence of the fall of the American asparagus. Um, so in the 1990s, this is going to be wrong because, you know, it's recent, so I'm going to be wrong. Um, in the 1990s, in an attempt to persuade the Peruvian farmers to grow something other than cocaine, um, 
Under the tenets of the Indian Trade Performance Act, ATPA passed in 1991 and renewed in 2002, thanks, Obama, uh, Peru is allowed to export its asparagus to the United States tax-free, a financial advantage to such magnitude that American asparagus farmers faced with it have been toppled like dominoes. So uh, Peru now creates 4 million annual pounds of asparagus uh, back then, and now they produce 110 million pounds of asparagus because America was like, if you stop brewing cocaine and grow asparagus, we'll let you import it or export it with no tax. The fuckers are taking our gerbs. Yeah, dude. The like, think Make about the poor American. Again. Make asparagus great again. You, you say that's a joke, <laughs> but that's actually like a, a lot of the agricultural people in the flyover states. Like, I'm sure they're actually real mad about that. Like big government intervention caused their jobs to like deplete. I mean, NAFTA was pretty shit. <laughs> so there's that. Anyways, um, um, but so uh, give us give us like the the last bit, David, and let's wrap it up here. Yeah. I so um today more and more people are tackling the hundred mile diet, and uh, all right, you're gonna have to tell us what the hell that is. You can't just drop that on us and be like. Yeah, the hundred mile diet. Oh, yeah. All right, so so the hundred mile diet diet is just um you you the hundred mile diet a year of local eating is you eat nothing produced outside of a hundred miles of where you live. So you only eat things that have been grown within a hundred miles of where you live. So this is like the hipster diet. Yeah, it's like the mm-hmm. it's it's the local eating project. Um, and since uh, asparagus is so hardy, uh, people have been incorporating this in their like hip, hipster fad trend of eating local and uh, asparagus consumption has grown up um in that sense a lot of states hipster states like california and washington and michigan um are starting to grow asparagus and now i know you're wondering michigan why michigan's hipster state uh the original hippies came from michigan in ann arbor fun fact they have nothing to do with asparagus but you know good to know good to know yep but um they also grew asparagus anyway uh like pre-afta which is the thing that we did with peru and there's actually a documentary in 1989 by michael moore called roger and me which shows you the economic collapse of flint michigan after the closing of general motors and the dumpstering of their asparagus industry um, there's also a uh, documentary just titled Asparagus, which shows the awful impact of the drug war policies uh, America instilled. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 so to I'm, end I guess, this amusing episode, we just I'm went really to... far in the dumps, and David's like, so, this was not really a funny episode, and let's make sure you know it. <laughs> it was funny in the beginning, and then, like, I realized that I didn't really plan, like, measure measure the emotional reactions of the episode site the last of my notes are straight up just uh american people lost their jobs because the government convinced the peruvians to stop growing cocaine and that's why you should vote for donald trump (laughs) (laughs) make peru make cocaine again Default on our loans and make those Peruvians grow us our cocaine. Yeah, so the Americans can grow asparagus again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. So, 
I'm glad that you can join us as a follow-up to Amer- the finale of America. Um, oh, man. I guess this is somewhat topical. Right? I ended this on something topical where people who votes, voted for Trump are from agrarian societies where they've lost their jobs to people who can do it cheaper. I guess. Yeah. And then everyone else, you know, didn't. Because, well... <laughs> Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you think he's gonna lose, but like you know, people thought Brexit was gonna lose, so they didn't go and vote. Okay. Good. Um. Well, on this cheery note, that either <laughs> David called it or he didn't. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you had a blast. We had a good time here talking about asparagus, making me hungry. Until the end, there. Yeah. Then I got a little sad. And wanted to buy locally sourced asparagus. <laughs> Gotta eat his feelings with asparagus. Yeah. Um, if you want to suggest a topic, you can email us at thefiresidecast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us. We're at firesidecast. Or you can use the hashtag firesidecast. If you want to tweet at me, I'm at okay, I'm being called. Travis J. Kohler. I'm at J. Lockard, I-I-I. And, uh... As someone just did, you can call David on his mobile. Um, it is no, don't don't bring do it up. that. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit! Don't do that. Let's see if I got it. Yeah, let's bring this up real quick. Da, da, Since da. David doesn't have any other way for you guys to contact him, yeah, let's don't just, let's contact just, You can text him, him at. Oh my god. Mm. <sighs> 1-800 auto loan. It is uh 1-234-567-8910. Oh uh, you my can call God. or text him there. Uh, your local fees may apply. Yeah, local fees may apply. <laughs> um anything else that I forgot? Um go to go to Germany for their asparagus festival in the spring. Coming up. Make your travel plans now. Yeah. Buy some asparagus. Hook up with an asparagus queen. Mm-hmm. You can. It'll direct you to our Tumblr, but you can also uh, visit us at firesidecast.com. There we go. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. We're, we're branching out. It's pretty new. Rate and review us. Share it with a friend. If you hate us, share it with an enemy. Yeah. 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 So, I've been Travis. Did you know Daniela Kugler is the 37th Asparagus Queen of Schoenbrunn? I've been John. I've been Daniela Schuert. <laughs> I'm still David. 